The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Della Tour, and this week we have a story from brand new storyteller Brendan Taylor. And rather than our standard Dixie ramble, how about a ramble from the stage? This was recorded live on stage at this past Saturday's Body Storytelling Live in San Francisco. You may not know that our dear Dixie didn't get to have the giant-headed birthday party that she was wanting to have. I know. So we need to make it up to her tonight with our beautiful giant-headed Sarah and uh, a boisterous rendition of happy birthday because we love you and we are so grateful for you and all that you do to bring us together and make us do weird shit like smell each other's panties and put giant things on our heads. Uh, so it's your birthday, but you bring us so much joy. We love you so much. So ready? Will you sing with me? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dixie. <laughs> Happy birthday. Love you. <laughs> so you all want to know what my plan was for my birthday party last week? It has been a shitty couple of years, you know? It is just every time you turn around, something new happens. And I was just like, I went to a friend's clown orgy, like you do. And I was just like, I just need something stupid and ridiculous to make me laugh. And the fa my favorite thing in the world is like, giant chicken wire heads. Like, Jack in the Box is one of my biggest sexual fetishes because, <laughs> so the origin of it was, I went to Burning Man many years ago and somebody was camped with animal care and control and they had a professional quality mall Easter bunny costume. Like this thing was thousands and thousands of dollars and every time he would wear it near me, I'd just like go, holy shit, what is that? And so he comes, I'm camped with Temple of Atonement. He's camped with animal care and control right across the way. He'd just gone through a breakup. He had a broken heart. And I'm like, Hoveno, just why don't you come to the slave auction and wear the Easter Bunny outfit and put a Speedo on underneath and they'll buy you and you get to have an adventure and then you won't be broken hearted at Burning Man. 
And Hovinny was like, nobody will buy me. And I was like, I swear, I won't leave you hanging. I will not leave you hanging. So he gets up there, <laughs> surrounded by all this leather and kink. And, you know, he gets up there in a mall Easter Bunny costume. And then slowly strips down to a Speedo. And everybody just looks at him like this. Like, nobody got it. Nobody got it. I'm just sitting there going, what is wrong with you people? This is insanely good. So uh, afterwards, you know, I told him I wouldn't leave him hanging. So I'm like, hillbilly heroin and a handle of vodka. And I just threw a bunch of shit. It was obvious I was a plant. <sighs> and he puts the Easter Bunny costume on. And he comes over to me. He goes, okay, you bought me. Where do you want it? Like... Where do I want what? And he goes, well, where do you want me to fuck you? I'm like, I don't want to fuck you. And he's like, well, you bought me. I'm like, I bought you because you have an Easter Bunny suit. Like, that's my thing. And he goes, so what do you want? And I'm like, I want to go out on the desert in Burning Man. I want to go out with a clown, a Santa, and you as an Easter Bunny. And I just want to make shit happen. I just want to have adventures and be weird. And the night we planned to do it, we found a clown at Santa... And the night we planned to do it, there was a big dust storm, so we couldn't go out. So it never happened. And two years later, I'm sitting at Kinky Salon. I'm in the room where all the sex is happening. And I'm just laying in a puddle with all these people, watching people have sex all around me, doing what I always do, which is discuss philosophy at a sex party. <laughs> and, and Hovino and the person he'd broken up with walked into the room and they stood at the foot of the bed and they went, hey, Dix. And I'm like, hey, how are you? And he says, you know, we never got to have our Burning Man date, did we? I'm like, no, we didn't. And he goes, I've got the mall Easter money costume in the car. <laughs> and so all the people stopped fucking. They put a chair in the middle of the room. They put on some sexy stripper music. And here comes the Easter Bunny. And he is gyrating, and he can see through those little eyes. And I cannot compose my face. It's like such a fantasy come true for me. I'm just like this. And I'm just like staring at me. He's getting sexy, and he's rubbing his cottontail on my lap, and he's doing all these things. <laughs> and at some point, my face is not changing. It stays that way. And at some point, he's watching me, and he just can't help it. He starts laughing inside the head. And there is an echo. Which was a thing I never knew that I needed, but I really did. Because it just made me go, oh my God, it just got better. I don't know how it could get better, but it just got better. So, my birthday was last Saturday night. And I talked to my friends and said, I really need something stupid and ridiculous. And I would love it if you guys would make giant heads, kind of like Jack in the Box, but I want you to turn them into self-portraits of yourself so you can have a souvenir at the end of the night to take home with you. But make sure you can see out the eye holes and stuff like that. And then I want, we rented like a place that had a stage. It was like an underground space that had kind of like a sexy space upstairs. And I'm like, we've got a stage. So I would just love it if, um, like, maybe get up and do burlesque with a giant chicken wire head on and give a TED Talk with an echo with a giant head on. And we decided there's this... Do y'all do know the group called Baloney, which is this 
this queer strip. So I've baloney sold out and I didn't get to see it. And I said, let's create our own version with giant chicken wire heads, but we'll call it schwanz, which is a word for dick. And, but they were non-binary, of course. And I'm like, we can have a stripper. We can do all these things. And I want y'all to put the heads on and fuck each other. And then I want you to swap heads so you're wearing the wrong head. And then I want you to wear my head while you do it. Just, it's just, I just want to be stupid. <laughs> five of the organizers, five of the six planners got COVID. The party was canceled. The venue was canceled. But I got the most beautiful birthday cake you've ever seen, which was a jack-in-the-box cake that was absolutely perfect. And had Boston cream pie inside, which they called Dixie cream pie. And we had that, and they brought little rubber heads, like a cardinal, the bird, and uh, Melissa was a yip-yip. And we had uh, a squirrel, and <laughs> Donal, who's shooting video tonight, showed up in a leather harness with his nipples all hard in the tightest little French poodle head that is so fucking creepy. He looked like the shrunken head person from Beetlejuice. It was awesome. <laughs> so it wasn't what I expected, but it was great. Do you know about San Francisco's infamous gay pride parade? It celebrates our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and more community. And it is huge. People fly in from all over the world for San Francisco pride. And... Body storytelling is following the Pride Parade this year. We're trying to make up for a couple of years without any parade. And we want to give you a comfortable seat and a tasty libation and some incredible LGBTQIA stories. So join us on Sunday, June 26th. Doors open at 7 so you can come straight from the parade. Stories start at 8. It's the perfect way to wind down from Pride Weekend. There's a link to tickets in the show notes. And I already have people telling me they're flying in from Portland and L.A. and other cities across the U.S. to be there. I want you there, too. There's a link to tickets in the show notes. The theme for the event is Y'all Means All. And there's a link to tickets in the show notes. Self-care is all about being mindful and treating your body well on the outside and the inside. And when I think about staying healthy, my mind heads straight to pleasure. And one of my favorite ways to take care of my body is with Uber Lube. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with high quality, body safe ingredients. And nothing beats Uber Lube. Uber Lube is a luxurious, high grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body safe ingredients. It's great for all kinds of play vaginal, oral, or anal. And Uber Lube offers long lasting performance that quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. I love that Uberlube offers just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin -skin sensations. It cleans up easily, there's no flavor or scent, and it's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms too. And right now, they're offering Body Storytelling listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. If you're going to add to your magic moments, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, most body safe ingredients. And remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. Uberlube. It lets you feel what you want to feel. 
I've opened up another How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's secret system for brilliant storytelling. You know, the way I've taught people to get on stage at body storytelling for all these years. It works great. It makes it so that you can use this system again and again in your life, whether it's telling stories at parties, getting on stage at storytelling shows, people who have used it to start structuring their memoirs, it works. And there's only a few spots left in this next workshop. It starts on Wednesday, July 13th. It happens in the evening, 5.30 to 7.30 Pacific time. And not only is it a six week intensive, we offer weekly office hours. They're optional, but if you want all-you-can-eat custom coaching, an opportunity to really nerd out on storytelling, it's perfect for that. Early bird tickets are just about sold out, so get them as soon as possible and save $50. There's a link to How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's Secret System for Brilliant Storytelling in the show notes. I'd love to have you in this class. Come join us. I want to tell you about this week's storyteller because I thought their backstory was really interesting. As you know, I've been teaching workshops called How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's Secret System for Brilliant Storytelling. And one of the first people to sign up was Brendan Taylor. And you know how when you get into a Zoom workshop and there's somebody who's just lighting up the room? Well, once I found out what the story was, I kind of understood. Brendan Taylor has had lifelong migraines. And for most of the last 20 years, has just laid in pain with excruciating headaches. Well, recently, they kind of got his meds right. They tried something new, and it's like he's coming out of, you know, it's like he's coming out of hibernation or something. Was so enthusiastic about everything in the workshop, loved geeking out on storytelling, was really a joy to work with. So I recently put him on stage. And you're going to get to hear that story now. So let me tell you about Brendan. Brendan Taylor was born and raised in a small town in the Midwest in the 70s. He enjoys many shades of off-white from eggshell to ecru and likes just a touch of vanilla. He gets migraines like a lawyer bills hours, curses like a barefoot sailor in a Lego factory, and is full of surprises and stories. He chased a woman to San Francisco 26 years ago, and it seems to be working out so far. He went from storytelling student to on the body storytelling stage in just a couple of months. This storyteller is Brendan Taylor. Hello. Can you all hear me? All right. So, what was a lanky, dorky, socially awkward 15-year-old kid doing sitting next to a seductive, sultry stranger hurtling through France on a high-speed train? Well, I'd been sent to France with my French teacher Marie when I was in high school. Um, She ran a little tour company, and I mean little tour company, to mostly get herself to Marseille every year to to see her mom. So for for most of this trip, it was just me and her. And uh, we went to the Loire Valley, and we went to Strasbourg, and we went to Normandy to see the beaches, and we went back to Paris, and we saw the Loire, uh, the Louvre, and uh, other museums and stuff. But the thing that I was really looking forward to was that that was all great. But the, we were going from Paris to Marseille on the f- brand new French train à grande vitesse, the high-speed French train that was like the Concorde on rails back in the 80s, certainly. And 
I couldn't believe I was going to get to ride this. I had studied up all about it. I'd read up on you know how it was electric and it was uh, all aluminum and how it was lightweight for speed but made for safety and all this stuff. So. I, as a, a, a nerd like me, I just couldn't resist. So um, France was great, but the day of the trip came, and we got to the train station, and Marie had a great way of teaching. We call it immersive education now, but back then we just called it sink or swim. And she would send me into a situation and then say, you know, uh, for example, we went to the train station uh, to, to go to Marseille, and she says, well, Right by the platform, there's a cafe. Go into the cafe, sit in front like a Parisian, order breakfast, your train is right in front of you, here's your ticket, meet me on the train. So I go and I sit down and I order breakfast, I have my cafe au lait and my croissant, and I'm sitting there pondering this humming, gleaming, electric, beautiful, shiny train from the future, sitting next to the old clunky local post-war trains that were there in France at the time, and trying to figure out how my life as a 15-year-old might go. You know, you see, it's, a, it's all potential when you're 15, right? You don't quite know how to get to, you see adults around you, you don't know how to get to their lives. Um, and I was pondering all that, and this woman sits down in my eye line, and she's Stunning. She looks like Audrey Hepburn. She's got a luminous skin and this almond-shaped big brown eyes and this expensive-looking cream-colored coat. And she sits down, and she also has her cafe au lait and her croissant and her Le Monde, and I can't take my eyes off her. She's everything I ever thought I could maybe want to be. She was a professional, sophisticated, erudite adult. That's the thing I noticed most about her, was that she was an adult. She wasn't like the high school girls I knew or the young women from the local college. She was a full professional adult. And I tried to imagine what her life was like that work day, Thursday afternoon. As she sits there also, I couldn't, I couldn't stare at her, but I couldn't not stare at her. So I stared at the train that was right there and thought, <laughs> and thought about what that's gonna be like. And then my breakfast was over, I got up, I got on the train, and I found my teacher Marie, who was sitting there, and it was not quite a normal train car, it's more like an airplane fuselage with two seats on each side and 20 rows or so. So I see her down at the end of the car, I go down and I sit down, I put my stuff down, and uh, I sit down by the window, and we start to pull out of Paris, and the train hums and accelerates through the suburbs and out into the, into the outskirts, and it really starts to pull. And we, we're going faster than I've ever gone before. I'm giddy. I can't stop smiling. I can't believe I've gotten to do all of this. This is amazing. And right then, Marie turns to me and says, well, I'm going to the bar car, and you're too young. So just don't get off the train, and I'll see you in Marseille. And she gets up and she leaves. And so, and so there I am watching France go by at a million miles an hour, thinking about my life as a 15-year-old. And then here she comes. Here's Audrey from the cafe. She shows up in, on the car. She's walking down the, the aisle. And I, this time she sees me, and she makes eye contact with me. And I, I look at her and smile. I look away. And, you know, when you're allowed to look back, I look back, and she's still looking at me. 
And I smile at her, and she sits down next to me. <laughs> Bonjour, I say. <laughs> Bonjour. Ça va? Ça va bien. And then she takes my hand, and she opens it with her other hand, with one hand, like a, like a flower. And she takes her other hand and traces my palm with her index finger. And the world shrinks to just her and me and this electric feeling shooting up my arm and around my body. And, and my hair stands up on end and I start to pant a little bit. And I look at her and she just smiles at me and keeps doing this. And this continues for an indeterminate amount of time. And then she takes my index finger, opens those perfect red lips of hers, and puts it in her mouth and starts <laughs> sucking on my index finger. And she runs her tongue around the end of my finger. And it's warm and it's wet and it's the hottest thing this country virgin hick has ever felt. <laughs> I, I start sweating. And I don't know what to do. I can't move. My body is, I, I'm, I'm numb. And then she takes my finger out of her mouth, takes that lovely cream-colored coat of hers, doubles it, doubles it again, and puts it on my lap, and puts her head down as if she's going to take a nap. I brush her short black hair out of her ears, and, and then she, she puts her hand and cranes her neck up as if she's going to look out the window. So I look out the window. And then she looks down. And I realize she's left a space between her coat and my abdomen, into which she reaches her underhand, unsnaps, undoes my belt, unsnaps my pants, unzips me, and pulls out my very hard, very virgin dick, and puts it all the way into her mouth. <laughs> what the hell? So. My body starts filling with lava, right? My feet, my knees, my hips. I, I can hardly stand to even move, right? And then I, my brain starts to work again, and I realize, oh my God, I'm sitting in coach. <laughs> There's people all around me. I look around, nobody gives a damn. And... The lava keeps filling my abdomen. And then I realize, oh my God, what if Marie comes back? What if my teacher comes back? What the fuck am I going to... And before I can finish that thought, the lava reaches my neck and my head, and everything turns red and white and explodes. I'm, I'm numb again. Like, I can't, I can't move. I, did I make any noise? I look around again, nobody knows anything. She sits up, Audrey sits up with, she takes her spotless coat off my lap after she has zipped me up, tucked me back in, and she looks me in the eyes for the first time since she put her head down. And she smiles a wicked smile with these warm, warm eyes and kisses me on the cheek, says au revoir, and gets up and continues out the car the way she was going.
seriously, holy shit, what just happened? <laughs> and I'm trying to think about, you know, again, I look around, nobody saw me. What happened? Did this just, was this real? I, and I'm still stammering to myself as here comes my teacher, Marie, walking down the car. She sits in this still warm seat, turns to me and says, so how was it? How, 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 was, how was it? Yeah, the train ride. How was the train ride? The train ride. This thing I'd been looking forward to for months. I missed it. <laughs> and then she says, get your stuff. We're here in Marseille. Look out the window. We're pulling into the train station in Marseille. So she gets up. I get up. She gets her stuff. I get my stuff. And we get off the train into the bright sun of Marseille. And I can't really understand exactly what had just happened. I'm still processing everything. I'm trying to understand, did Marie see anything? What, what, no. And I'm, I'm thinking of all of the things that I had read when I was reading the penthouse forums that I had stolen from my friend's older brothers. And I had thought every word of that was fake. I never in my wildest small town dreams did I think any of those things could ever, ever possibly be true. But I had just gotten a blowjob from a beautiful stranger on a high-speed train at 200 miles an hour. And if that's possible, what else is possible? Sun is out for another day. I'm 
That song was Finally Woken by Jem. Your support for body storytelling on Patreon is life-changing right now. I'm producing monthly live shows and live streams and a weekly award-winning podcast, and it's all thanks to my Patreon supporters. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for creators like me to get paid. For just a few bucks a month, you can help me reach more people with sex-positive stories, messages, and education. I want everyone to have access to these stories, to the sort of acceptance and love that they've found here at Body. It's essential that we reach people wherever they are through our podcast and live streams to tell them that whoever they love, wherever they are, they're not wrong. There's a place for you, and it's here with us. I've been doing this work for over 15 years now, and I've traditionally made my entire living off of ticket sales to live events. The pandemic changed everything for me, and body would be a thing of the past if not for the monthly help I get from you on Patreon. If you join us, you'll help me reach my next goal, to hire some administrative and tech support. We've gone from a live show with an occasional video to a live event, live streams, storytelling workshops, podcasts, and even more on the way. I can't do it all. And to be honest, I want more time to do what I do best, connecting you with the life that you dream of. We've done a lot of live streams, both on Zoom and of our live shows. And do you know where those live stream replays live? They're on Patreon. So you'll have access to not just the upcoming body live stream, but all the past live streams too. So join now to support our life-changing mission of self-love, knowledge, and empathy. Go to patreon.com slash body and become a member now. And thanks for your support. Well, that's our time for this week. But before I go, can I ask you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast? Everybody knows you have great taste, and you'd be inspiring a lot more people to give us a try. And I also want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Joe Moore, Donal Mooney, and Roman Din Haldeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 227 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Oh,